Hi everyone, I'm Lorraine Lawson and welcome to The Buzz for Bank Automation News, where we explore how automation technology is transforming the banking industry. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the industry this week. And before beginning, I'd like to give a big thanks to band sponsors and advertisers, NVIDIA and MX. Thank you so much for your support. I'm pleased to be joined by Jaspreet Kalra. It is April 2nd, and here are some of the biggest technology stories from this week. Uh, first of all, President Joe Biden's massive infrastructure bill, details of which were released Wednesday, has earmarked $100 billion to bring affordable broadband internet access to all Americans by 2029. The Supreme Court unanimously sided with Facebook on Thursday, ruling that its phone notification system does not violate a law prohibiting automatic telephone dialing systems. Microsoft wins a U.S. Army contract for augmented reality headsets worth up to $21.9 billion over 10 years, and Amazon and Google say most of their employees will return to work this fall, with some returning as early as April. So here are the news items from our editorial team this week. Just brief, you drilled down on mortgage automation, which some have said lags behind other banking processes when it comes to automation. And you found there were two primary buckets of automation in mortgages. Can you explain? So yeah, I mean, the two primary buckets, if you have to look at them, are probably the two categories in which automation is being carried out. The first one is processing documents. And anyone who's gone through the mortgage process knows that it comes with about 400 pages worth of documentation. And now you have technologies like optical character recognition that can be used to read documents, extract structured data from them, and then put them into the systems where the mortgage is going to be processed. Whereas on the other hand, you have the decisioning systems or say when you're using artificial intelligence or machine learning to do processes like underwriting. Now that gets a little more complicated because more often than not, these situations under require more context than the machine is currently able to absorb or assimilate. So the overall conversations that I had with sources for this story really led me to this sort of takeaway that sure, there's a lot of work happening, but the decisioning system where a little bit of a intuition or say a little bit of a decisioning power is required. That's where the machines still have to make progress. And that's why we're seeing sort of a slower uptake of automation within the mortgage vertical. And you talked with Wells Fargo, which tends to be sort of on the cutting edge with automation. Uh, where are they on automating mortgages? So the takeaway I got from speaking with Wells Fargo was that they are very interested in leveraging data to speed up some of these processes, to gain from the efficiency that comes from it, to gain from the, say, the accuracy that comes from established data reporting procedures. But at the same time, they acknowledge that they're still on the front door of using these processes. There's a lot of, say, acquired intellect and knowledge that goes into underwriting a mortgage or writing a mortgage, which is why they want to take more of a building blocks or like bite-sized approach to automating these processes. Because even though you have organizations like Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae already using automated underwriting systems, they're the secondary market liquidity providers. So they're, they buy mortgages in the secondary market instead of underwriting them directly, which is why it becomes more incumbent for organizations like Wells Fargo or anyone who's writing a mortgage directly to vet and act to vet the say, veracity of the information that's being put out there. So which is why Wells Fargo is interested in making sure automation delivers the efficiency gains, but they also want to do it in a step-by-step -step manner so that processes don't break down just because you're automating them. That makes sense. Um, you also found out about US Bank's AI savings tool. What is that? 
So that was an interesting story that came out last week in the sense that U.S. Bank is rolling out a personalized savings tool for customers in partnership with a vendor called Personetics. And what that tool essentially does is it looks at about 100 different KPIs from your consumer account, say your cash your cash flow analysis or your balance statistics, or say how, how often do you tend to spend on essential versus non-essential expenditures and then recommends a saving level to you and within that app you can also set up personalized goals say i want to save x amount of dollars to buy a car or x amount of dollars for an education and that on the basis of those goals the ai takes in your information about how you use your account compares it with what your goal is and recommends a savings rate to you so that's really about delivering sort of advisory value to customers using machine learning that's interesting. I have a tool that does something like that. Um, it, it's not associated with the bank, though. It's an independent tool. I right. wonder if they use AI. So I was surprised to see that an analyst, Stephen Greer of Silent, said adoption for that sort of tool is lagging for financial advisory platforms. Did he say why? So there's a couple of reasons as to why adoption seems to have lagged for these apps, because first of all, platforms like these or solutions like these tend to target customers who are budget hawks who are very say careful about how they spend their money, how they manage their money. Whereas on the other hand, you have a larger subset of customers who are more laissez-faire about it, who know how much they want to save. They have a rough estimate and that's what they do their savings based on. And the other factor is also age. So on the younger spectrum of things, you do see people now relying more on say automated systems to recommend things to them. So sort of a headline takeaway from that conversation with Stephen was also that a lot of people are now asking what can this algorithm or analytics do for me without me having to put in any effort towards it. So I think as sort of demographics also play out, you might see uptick in adoption, but so far it's been limited. And the estimate that Stephen gave me was about high single digits near about 10% has been the adoption rate for this sort of solution. I know some banks are moving towards uh integrating it into their existing apps so that may that would it seems increase adoption if it's you know integrated into the app already yeah um, certainly but moving on i mean i also read through one of your pieces when you talked about to talk to ally banks satish Muthukrishnan, who's the chief information data and digital officer and you guys discussed what sort of automation ally has been doing what are their goals could you walk us through some of that Yes, so uh, he has a strong discipline of automation at Ally, and he talked about what created that sort of culture of automation. And the first thing he said he did was to create a center of excellence for automation. Um, and we've written about that before as a, as a key tool really to make sure that you're following best practice, that you learn from previous automations, how to do better. Uh, and as a way to sort of spread automation throughout the organization, which it was his second point, which he has democratized automation, which I thought was an interesting way to put it. Uh, while IT sort of manages the main platform, they have opened it up to various business teams as well. So it's not just centralized in IT, it's democratized throughout the organization. So automation ideas can come in from all parts of Ally instead of just being centrally driven by IT. So that's certainly a best practice that banks could take away from Ally. Uh, the other is they have a tight partnership with functional and business leaders, which he said helps them identify business goals, helps them identify financial cases for automation. Um, so it was really interesting, I think, sort of those best practices that they're following. They also are focused on three areas with automation. You talked about your buckets earlier. 
-hmm. And it was interesting. You also talked about the bite-sized automation, like the let he called them Lego pieces. That's how he thinks about automations, Lego pieces, little building blocks. Uh, so I think that's how we're seeing automation actually sort of roll out is they keep one process that's automated and then another, and then hopefully at some point it'll stack and you'll be automating across the process. But for Ally, the three areas of automation are of course RPA deployment, workflow automation, and contextual and conversational interfaces, which basically is Ally's digital assistant. Mm -hmm. um, Ally started off by automating just 6% of the intents in its chatbot. 6% of the time, and now it's close to 60% containment, which means basically when someone calls in, the bot can handle the problem 60% of the time. Um, which is pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, one automation he specifically shared that I found interesting was the auto loan refinance. So whenever, say, you have a loan for your automobile and you see a better rate, and you want to refinance, well, before you had to collect all the documents again and basically go through the whole process again with the loan officer looking at it, providing you with a quote, you accepting, and then them writing a contract. Now they've automated that entire workflow and what used to take 30 days now takes, happens within a few hours. Okay. That was impressive. Yeah. And what did he talk about what sort of would be... Now, I read through your piece and it said that he's a golf fan. So did he talk about at all what's, what's the sort of hole-in-one situation for them when it comes to automation? He did. Uh, he said basically he had this very high-level view of a world where uh, you have what he called an experiment, experience economy, okay. uh, which is where you are able to treat every customer as if they are your only customer or at least your primary customer so that... Uh, you know, I, you come, to, it, it's, it ties into your story about personalized finance, where you come to Ally and you say, I'm going to create a savings account so that I can buy the dream car I want. And Ally helps you set aside money for that, helps you identify your savings goals, uh, maybe breaking up into buckets. And then even to the point where at some point it could say, hey, your dream car has come up for sale at this dealership. And you would take your money that you've saved and go out and buy your dream car. Um, so very top level uh, customer service experience and of course he says they're not there yet but that is the goal right makes sense and sort of looking forward to the week that we have coming in what what are some of the stories you're working on what are some of the top lines there yeah so i'm going to be working on a mobile security and banks piece next week and an in-depth look at scotia banks automated regulation uh, automation sorry uh what they're doing to regulate within their bank but also this week we'll be reporting on uh, the recent news that five federal agencies are seeking input on AI and machine learning. Uh, hmm. The Federal Reserve System, the Bureau of Consumer Financial Protection, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, National Credit Union Administration, and the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, all looking for people's input on AI. So that should be an interesting story. Certainly. And what seems to have sort of, are there, were there any sort of specific things within the announcement that caught your attention or like gave us any insight into why they might be looking for this sort of advice? Um, as I understand it, they're just looking for the advice because they want to see if organizations need some clarity on how to use those technologies. Uh, and they're, they're a little concerned about potential risk with those technologies. It's interesting, the OCC actually did a sort of request for information in June uh, because it issued an advance notice of proposed rulemaking mm -hmm. um, and sought comments about that time on 
digital technologies, including AI and, Google, and ML, machine learning. And at that time, a wide variety of organizations and vendors responded, including the American Bankers Association, Google, Plaid, um, Upstart, and others responded to that. So I've been digging through that today <laughs> uh, okay. to find out what they had to say. So what about you? What are you reporting on for next week? So I've, I've sort of been focusing on cybersecurity and ML-related issues as well. So one of some of the things that I'll be looking into the, the week going forward is the sort of trends automation can inspire within risk management. And risk management was a really top-line story this week, considering what happened on Wall Street with certain banks like Nomura, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, et cetera. And the other thing I'll be looking into is how machine learning can be attacked by something called data poisoning, in which an adversarial actor or by accident, someone might end up mislabeling or misclassifying images within it used for images or data used for training AI. So that's the sort of ideas I'll be looking into going, going into the week forward. Oh, that sounds, uh, that sounds mysterious. I like it. Data poisoning. Well, thank you so much for participating and for joining us at the weekly wrap on The Buzz. For more pod podcast content, check out bankautomationnews.com and search The Buzz from Bank Automation News on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you.